calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Welcome to the serialized audiobook of The Starter, Season 3 of the Galactic Football League series, written and performed by Scott Sigler. The Starter is also available as an ebook and as an ad free, unabridged audiobook. For links to purchase any version, visit scottsigler.com slash The Starter. Quentin's practice cleats pressed into the corridor's carpet. He approached the Krieg's Balak VR practice room and through the door saw Haywick, his top receiver, streaking across a sapphire blue surface marked with blazing white yard lines. Sapphire blue and white, the home field colors of the Isis ice storm. She was running an inside slant route, one that would take her at a shallow angle from near the sidelines to the middle of the field. Running with her was Stockbridge, the Kraken's left cornerback. The wide door framed the scene. Quentin saw a ball rip through the air. His eyes had only a fraction of a second to comprehend that the ball looked a little too real to be a holographic projection. Then Stockbridge stepped in front of Haywick and caught it. An interception. Quentin stepped through the door and looked left, in the direction of the pass, expecting to see Don Pine or possibly Itzhak. But he saw neither. Instead, he saw Rebecca Montaigne. She froze as if she'd been caught doing something wrong. Rookie, Quentin said. What do you think you're doing? She stared at him with wide eyes. Uh, I'm just, you know, I'm throwing the ball. Montaigne, you are a fullback. Fullbacks do not throw the ball. Her shocked stare vanished as her eyes narrowed. Quentin saw aggression there, attitude. I'm a quarterback, she said. I'm playing fullback because the offer was on the table, and I wanted to get into Tier 1. And you are in Tier 1 as a fullback. If you were a Tier 1 quarterback, someone would have picked you up for that. But they didn't, so stop wasting my receiver's time. Haywick and Stockbridge walked up, their walk faster than most humans run. But Quentin Barnes, Haywick said. Rebecca Montaigne was not wasting our time. She was here early, so we... Shut up! Quentin said. Haywick and Stockbridge visibly winced, as if he'd raised a whip to beat them down, a whip they'd felt land hundreds of times before. Hey, Rebecca said, be mad at me if you want, but you don't have to be a jerk to them. Quentin turned on her. What was that, rookie? Are you telling me what to do? Her eyes grew wide again. Quentin was a good six inches taller. He towered over her. Well, rookie, 
Are you? Are you telling me what to do? She shook her head. That brief bit of attitude seemed long gone. Good, Quentin said. This room is reserved for quarterbacks in the morning. You got that? You want to use it come late at night. Although I bet you'll have your hands full just learning to block like you're supposed to. Now get out of here. Rebecca looked to the ground, then ran out of the practice room. Quentin watched her go, making sure she didn't stick around. The audacity of that rookie. Taking snaps? Throwing? Quentin Barnes, Haywick said, her meek voice barely audible over the holographic crowd's steady drone. We stand miserable in our shame for disappointing one as godlike as you. Would you like us to kill ourselves to atone? Quentin sighed and stared at the ceiling. Haywick wasn't kidding. It was hard being looked at as a religious figure. You had to be careful about what you said to your subjects. Room off, Quentin said. The sapphire blue field and the crowd vanished. With them went the sound. Quentin turned to face Haywick and Stockbridge, who were shaking violently in fear. Haywick, I'm sorry I yelled. You did nothing wrong. You have nothing to be ashamed of. Please, just tell me what's on your mind. The Sklorno shaking vanished, as instantly as if they'd never been afraid in the first place. Sklorno switched emotional gears at the drop of a hat. Rebecca Montaigne meant no harm, Haywick said. She was helping us catch glorious passes to further your glory. She was here before you, so we thought we would practice. Quentin gritted his teeth. Room on. Haywick, line up. Let's work out routes to the sidelines. Bump and run coverage. Haywick scrambled to the line of scrimmage, while Stockbridge practically fell over herself moving into close cover, defensive back position. Quentin couldn't be angry with them for working with Montaigne. Just as he did, the Scalorno lived for football. In their minds, any missed chance to play was a chance that would never come again, a chance that was lost forever to the sands of time. Hot, hot! He dropped back five steps and planted, throwing the ball even before Haywick cut to the outside. Her big feet dragged in bounds as she extended her tentacle arms. She caught the ball firmly just before those feet scraped onto the white sideline. Perfect throw, perfect catch but it didn't chase away the words that rang in the back of Quentin's head. Those words were, She was here before you. Quentin threw the out pattern for the 30th time in a row, again hitting Haywick's outstretched tentacles. If she could get off the line without getting jammed by a defensive back, run that 10-yard pattern, and he delivered on target... The throw could not be stopped. This season, he planned on using more short, controlled passes. Tier 2 defensive backs had caused him no end of trouble, and now he was in Tier 1, where they would be even better, where they would be some of the greatest to ever play the game. He couldn't go headhunting against talent like that, couldn't constantly be throwing the ball deep unless he softened up the secondary by throwing multiple short passes underneath, drawing the defenders in close. When that happened, when they came up to stop the short pass, that would give him the opportunity to throw long. Haywick and Scarborough were as good as any Tier 1 receiver. If they could get a step on the defense, Quentin could hit them for six every time. Barnes! Quentin smiled when he heard the high-pitched, gravelly voice. He turned to face Coach Hokor. Not so long ago, 
Hearing Hokor's piercing shout would have made Quentin wince, made him dread the inevitable lapse of punishment. But those days were gone for good. Hey, coach, Quentin said. Ready for the position meeting? Of course, Hokor said. I respect the fact that you are working out early, again, but we have receiver practice in 15 minutes. Why are you running my receivers to exhaustion? Quentin turned and looked at Haywick. Her raspers dangled all the way to the floor, drool running off in rivulets to pool at her feet. Beneath her clear chitin skin, she saw her heart fluttering madly, her three lungs expanding and shrinking, expanding and shrinking. He turned back to face Hokor and shrugged. She better get used to it, coach. The whole team better get used to it. Some things we can't control, but one thing we can always control is how hard we work, and no one will work harder than the Krakens. Hokor's petty palps twitched up and down a little. The Quentin of thirteen weeks ago might have mistaken that for laughter, but he was getting to know Quith leaders, his coach in particular. That kind of twitch meant Hokor was trying to hide excitement. Trying and failing. Greedock the Splithead could disguise emotions at will, but Hokor? Despite the little coach's gruff exterior, Quentin was rapidly reaching the point where he could read Hokor like a message board. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Haywick, Stockbridge, Hokor said. Go to the practice field and sit down until we start drills. Haywick shivered, the motion making little bits of spittle fly off her tongue. Yes, Coach Hokor, the hook chest. Yes, yes, yes. She sprinted out of the virtual practice room at top speed, completely missing the fact that Hokor wanted her to rest. Stockbridge ran as well, only a step behind the faster receiver. As they ran out of the VR practice room, Donald Pine and Yitzhak Goldman walked in. Both were dressed for the day's practice. Full football armor and red do-not-touch jerseys. Let's begin the quarterback meeting. Hokor said. First of all, we have media day coming up next week. That will cost us a half day of practice, so we need to make this week count. A half day, Quentin said. Can't we just do some holophone interviews or something? It is mandatory, a league requirement, and as a starting quarterback, you will do it, Barnes. Why would they want to talk to me? I haven't even won a tier one game yet. Don laughed. Win or lose, there's still news coverage. You're the starting quarterback. That makes you a media darling whether you like it or not. If you want, I'll walk you through the process, tell you what to expect. That made Quentin instantly feel better. Don's experience as the best player in football 
his confidence, his calmness. All of these things helped Quentin get a perspective on his new duties as team leader. Yeah, Quentin said. Yeah, that'd be great. Don nodded once, then looked at Hokor, letting the coach continue. The Isis Ice Storm finished with seven wins last year. Their five losses were all close games. They were just a few tip passes away from nine wins and a trip to the Tier 1 playoffs. Quentin nodded. Since the schedule had been released, he had studied the ice storm in depth. Hokor was right. Isis was a playoff-caliber team. Offensively, we have a primary problem, Hokor said. Isis put significant pressure on the opposing quarterback. Their linebackers are among the best in the league at pass coverage and at blitzing. We will not have a strong running game this week. This week, Pine said. Man, how about this season? Back off, Don, Quentin said. Murphy will come through. Pine shook his head. Man, he's not the solution. Well, if he's not, who is? Campbell? Martinez? Maybe. Maybe we land somebody else. For this week, however, I'm guessing the solution is the fleet feet of our starting quarterback. Hokor grunted in agreement. Today we will be working short patterns to keep the pressure off of you, Barnes, and rolling you out of the pocket to give you more time to throw. With Akanatak out, I don't think our replacement right guards can protect you for drop-back passing. Combine that with our weak running game, and play action won't buy you time either. If we roll you out to the sides, your speed will give you time to throw and keep you from getting killed in the pocket. So let's get out there and practice those patterns with the receivers. Quentin nodded and started to run off the practice field, but Hokor stopped him. Barnes, this is just the first game of a long season. Our game plan revolves around you not taking big hits so you don't get damaged. But that also means you have to work on sliding. No head-to-head collisions with defensive players. I don't want you taking the kind of punishment you took against the Earthlings. Hell, coach, you can count on it. I don't feel like getting beat up like that again. Besides... You know you don't have to tell me something more than once. Yitzhak snorted. He was trying to choke back laughter. Pine looked away, his lip quivering. What? Quentin said, annoyed at once again not being part of the in-crowd. What's so damn funny? You? You? Pine said. Then he bent over at the waist, shaking his head and trying to hold it in. Yitzhak couldn't stop his snorts anymore and laughed as he ran for the practice field door. Pine stood, pursed his lips, shook his head, blinked away tears, then just walked off the field. Coach, Quentin said, what are those guys laughing at? Hokor said nothing. Quentin looked down at his coach, whose pedipalps quivered. And this time, they quivered side to side. They quivered with laughter. I really don't know what they find so funny, Hokor said. But, as you say, the pedipalps quivered faster. You don't have to be told twice. Now get your butt on the field. It's time for practice. Quentin snarled and jogged off the field. He hated not getting the joke. Quentin pulled on his helmet as he jogged to the 50-yard line of the touchback's practice field. Pine and Yitzhak were already there, waiting by a rack of footballs. Beyond them... The Scalorno receivers, veterans Haywick, Scarborough, Mesquitic, and Richfield, last year's rookies Denver and Milford, and this year's rookie Halawa. Damn, but Halawa was a big girl. 
Hokor was once again in his little cart, floating fifteen feet above the field. Quentin looked at him, wondering how the diminutive coach had gotten in the field before him. Barnes! Hokor called over the cart speakers. Line them up! Out patterns, right, then left! Quentin nodded and clapped his hands together three times, so hard it stung the skin of his palms. You heard the coach! Ten yard outs! Right side first! Let's go, ladies! We have a lot of work to do to get ready for the ice storm! All snaps on a two count! All on two! The Scalorno quivered with unbridled excitement. Haywick lined up first. Last year, she had been the Kraken's number two receiver, but after her season it went without saying that she had become the Kraken's main threat. In line behind her was Scarborough, who had been the Kraken's top receiver for the past three seasons. At 25 years old, she was the most senior Sklorno on the team. She had lost a step or two, but could still fly down the field like a space fighter, still jump high, and still scrap and claw for every ball thrown her way. Quentin bent in a mock snap position. He looked over at Haywick and winked. Haywick saw his wink, then shook so much Quentin thought she might spontaneously combust. Drool flew everywhere around her. Hot, hot! Quentin pushed away from the line, looking to his left, taking three powerful steps back before planting with his back foot and turning to the right. His shoulders snapped around and the ball rocketed out of his hand in a flat parallel with the ground. The ball magically reached Haywick just as she turned, tentacles outstretched, already reaching for the ball that she knew would be there. Feet dragging in bounds, she caught the ball cleanly before she slid out. Yeah, perfect, Quentin thought. Just like this season is going to be. Perfect. Quentin grabbed the next ball from the rack and bent as Scarborough lined up. Scarborough shook even harder than Haywick. The Kraken's oldest receiver, it seemed, was an early member of the Church of Quentin Barnes. Hot, hot! Scarborough ran the route just a hair slower than Haywick. Haywick had become the team's leading receiver, true, but everyone knew the real reason for her breakout success was that opposing defenses had put their top cornerback on Scarborough. Now Haywick would draw the top defender which meant Scarborough would usually play against a lower-caliber, number-two defensive back. That would create good matchups for the Krakens, and might give Scarborough one last great season. After this season, however, there was little doubt that Milford would take over as the number-two receiver. She and Denver had been rookies alongside Quentin. Both of the second-year receivers could flat-out fly, but their cuts weren't yet quite as crisp as Scarborough's and Haywick's. Their acceleration not quite as marked. Denver was faster, had more long-term potential, but needed another season or two to become all she could be. Milford, however, was ready right now. With a few more games under her belt, she would become a major threat. When Quentin looked at the Kraken's receiver slots one through four, he felt strongly that he had one of the best lineups in all of Tier 1. After Milford came Mesquitic, the former number three receiver, she was 13 years old, a fifth-year player, and should have been coming into her prime. She wasn't as fast as Denver and Milford, however, and her vertical leap had gone down a half-inch over the past two seasons. Scalorno vertical leaps usually went up about a quarter-inch a season for the first five or six seasons, plateaued for the next three or four, then finally started dropping off around year 10. If, that was, the receiver lived that long. Scalorno had the highest death rate of any species in the GFL. Mesquitic was slowing down, and no one knew why. She'd probably taken too many hits. 
the repetitive trauma had begun to take its toll. After Mesquitic came Richfield, the final receiver. Her primary role in the team was as a kick returner, bringing back punts and kickoffs. She was slimmer than her Scalorno teammates, standing 8 foot 5 but weighing only 273 pounds. Richfield simply didn't have what it took to be an every-play receiver, but she did have a crazy knack for finding holes on those kick returns. That ability let her pick up 5 to 10 extra yards on every return, yards that were critical for field position. Every now and then, she would hit a hole clean and take it to the house. Richfield ran her out route slower than the others had, but still disciplined and efficient. She returned the ball to the rack, then got back in line. Quentin's eyes drifted to the front of the line, to the last receiver on the roster. Halawa. He still couldn't get used to her size. Scarborough was 8 foot 6, 295 pounds. Halawa was a full 12 inches taller and weighed a solid 320 pounds. Her body wasn't as thick as Scarborough's. In fact, Halawa was a touch skinny for that height, but the rookie receiver was only 8 years old. She would grow, probably adding 10 to 15 pounds in the next two seasons alone. Barnes! Hokor's speaker-powered scream brought him back. He drifted away, hadn't realized he'd just been staring at Halawa. Barnes, do you mind? Quentin gave Hokor a quick wave. Sorry, coach. Halawa, on two, on two. Hot, hot! Quentin dropped back as Halawa shot off the line. He looked left at first, as he'd done on all the passes, then, at three steps, stopped, turned right, and threw. High one. She was fast. Way faster than Scarborough, than Haywick, than even Denver. Her speed caught him off guard, and he hurried his throw. The split second the ball left his hand, he was mentally kicking himself. He'd thrown it too far out of bounds. And then Halawa stretched. Her big feet scraped against the nanoturf field, kicking up small sprays of green dust as her elegant body extended horizontally and her long, muscular tentacles reached out. Her body was parallel to the ground, just a few inches above it, and her toes only a half inch in bounds when her tentacle tips snagged the ball out of the air. Had it been a game, that would have been a complete pass. A complete pass that would have been impossible to defend. Big, fast, athletic, a natural receiver. Quentin felt his pulse racing, combining the visuals of Halawa with the size and hands of Crazy George Starcher. He'd had a good receiver corpse before they even arrived. Now, it had the potential to be the best in the league. Barnes! Quentin shook his head clear. Wow, he had to stop drifting away like that. Sorry, coach! Okay, ladies, five more each on this pattern, then switch to the left. On two, on two. Ready? Hot, hot! You have been listening to The Starter, Season 3 of the Galactic Football League Series. Written and performed by Scott Sigler. Produced by Ariok Morningstar with post-production by Steve Rickyberg. For more information on Scott and more free stories, go to scottsigler.com. 
theme music is the song The Kids Are Coming For You by the band Super Weapon. Superweaponband.com. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.